Hey guys, before we get started with today's episode, we just wanted to take some time to thank you, our loyal fans, because we recently just started promoting our YouTube channel and we have already crossed 100 views. And we're super, super thankful for all the love, all the appreciation, and all the support that we've been getting from you all. So I just wanted to make sure that y'all know that we greatly appreciate it. And if there's anything that we can do for you all, just let us know. All right. And if you haven't yet, please, please, please go on Instagram, go on TikTok, and go on our new YouTube channel at new underscore CapsRx podcast. It's the same username for all of them. And start liking, sharing, and commenting and subscribing to our content. Okay. We're posting as much as we can. Uh, Monday through Friday, you always get content from us. And then even sometimes now on the weekend with our YouTube channel. And a lot of y'all have asked for some more financial information. And we've been putting most of that on our Instagram. But of course, you'll still get that on Finance Fridays um, on Instagram and TikTok as well. So another thing I wanted to mention since we're about to come into that season for NAPLEX and MPJE exams and licensures, if any of you guys are feeling a little bit concerned, need some additional help, please feel free to reach out to us, okay? You can sign up at tinyurl.com slash services, and we can do the best that we can to help you. Now, if you feel like you don't need some tutoring, you don't need any additional help, that's okay. Maybe you just have some questions. Just reach out to us. We'll, well, we can answer that. We can help you guys out. But if you feel like you need some one-on-one tutoring and you need some additional help, please, 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 I recommend you do this because you do not want to have to pay uh, to take these exams again or have to wait for that extended period to take these exams again because you could potentially maybe lose the job that you were offered or delay starting getting paid that pharmacist money. So if any of you guys are interested, please go ahead, go to tinyurl.com slash services and sign up today or just reach out to us and we'll do the best that we can to help you. And don't forget to like and subscribe and comment on our new YouTube channel at new underscore CapsRx podcast. Thank you. And let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today I'll be your host, Dr. Joven Lizzo, and today we will be talking about the NAPLEX. All right. So the NAPLEX is the North American Pharmacist Licensure Examination, which basically means it's that exam that you all have to take once you complete pharmacy school in order to be licensed as a pharmacist. So one of the things that you'll need to keep in mind with the NAPLEX is that it's composed of 225 questions. And only 200 of them are actually scored. And it's a fixed um, computerized exam, meaning if you miss a question and you get another one that's similar right after it, that doesn't mean that that means you missed a question before. That just so happens to be the order of those questions. So it's fixed, it's computerized, which is different from the MPJE. So we'll talk about the MPJE another day, but just wanted to make sure you guys understood that. It is a six-hour exam, which means... It is very uh, time consuming and it can kind of weigh on you a little bit. So you do get two 10 minute breaks and I would highly recommend that you take them. Okay, that's going to really help you refresh your energy, bring in a snack, um, make sure to follow the, the rules for the examination, which you can bring in. But six hours is a very long time. Now, will you need all six hours? It depends on you. If you're a slow t- test taker, maybe if you're a fast one. 
Probably not. But it's a lot of questions, 225, 200 of them count, and 25 of them are just for the next year's cycle. Um, they're kind of testing that question to see whether or not if it's a good question. And you will not know which ones actually count, which ones don't. So it's recommended that you go ahead and answer all of the questions. So another thing to keep in mind that these questions will be, most of them will probably be scenario-based, meaning kind of like in a soap note format, kind of going through that type of um, question format rather than a true or false, a specific question. It's like multiple choice answers. So there's really different ways um, they can ask questions, but most of them will probably be scenario-based format. So I'd recommend getting comfortable reading through like soap notes or brief uh, scenarios in order to find the answer that you need. Keep in mind with this exam that you only you can actually only take it three times within 12 months. Okay, so if you don't pass it the first time, you can take it again, but you have to wait 45 days after you failed an exam to be able to retake it. And you can only do it uh, three times within 12 months. And you can only do it five times in your total lifetime. So it's highly recommended that, you know, you take this as serious as you can up front, especially because uh, the exam is quite costly. Okay, it does cost, um, I believe, $475 is the fee for the NAPLEX. So that is quite costly and something that I would recommend taking serious. And that's going to be each time you have to retake it, it's going to be the same price. Now, um, another thing that I would say to keep in mind is that you do need to transfer your scores as well. And the score transferring is also a fee, and that's $75. Some people like to wait until they get the exam result back because once you take the exam you should get the result back within seven successful business days but i would recommend just go ahead and paying for it we're not thinking that we're not going to pass we're not thinking that um we're going to fail so if you go ahead and pay that 75 dollars up front it'll go ahead and transfer your scores automatically to um your board of pharmacy and wherever else you need those scores to be transferred to if you don't, you'll have to re remember to go ahead and put that in, and you'll have to do it within 89 days of the exam. So if you miss outside of that 89-day window, you're going to have to retake that exam because you're not able to transfer that score. So that's something that I would just recommend doing right off the bat is just go ahead and transfer that score. And it's $75, and you have to do it within 89 days of the exam. And then, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but if you would like to reschedule the NAPLEX, that's a $50 fee. And you can only do it um, if it's two full business days uh, before your exam. Meaning, let's say you're going to take your exam on thir Thursday at 12 p.m. That means you have until Tuesday at 12 p.m. to reschedule. So you want to reschedule it before Tuesday at 12 p.m. Um, for that $50 fee. And that's something that I did. It's a very easy process. I was, and this is a little bonus tip I'm going to give you guys. I was unable to find a testing center in Florida. All They were all taken up. I couldn't find anything around the time frame that I wanted. So what I decided to do was look at nearby states. And one of the states was Georgia. And then Georgia has very cheap flights from Orlando to um, Atlanta. And I don't remember if it was in Atlanta or right outside of Atlanta, but it was somewhere very close um, to the airport. So I'd be able to just fly in maybe the night before, get a hotel for, for one night, and then just go take the exam, get a lift or something like that, go take the exam, and then just head back the next day. 
So that's something that if you guys are trying to get this exam done super quick and uh, you don't want to wait until you're in the thick of residency or you're really going through, um, you know, the work process and, and going through interviews and everything like that. You just want to go ahead and be licensed. That's a little bonus tip that I would give you guys is go ahead and find a place that may not be in your city, may not be even in your state, but maybe your state has quick flights or you can drive to that other state and take that exam there. But do not make the mistakes one of my friends made. Because you also have to realize if you're in a different state, that the time zone may be different. So I had a friend who did something similar, but the exam was over in Alabama. And they're an hour behind. And so um, that's something where the timing was different for that exam. So you always want to keep in mind what time the exam is, um, whether it says like Eastern Standard Time, Central, um, et cetera, et cetera. Pacific Mountain West, different things like that. So always make sure to know the correct time um, of that exam. And so that's something that I would definitely recommend is going to a different state that's nearby or going to a different city that's nearby if you are unable to take it in your current city. And like I said, it only takes it only costs uh, fifty dollars to reschedule, and it's super easy. I did that. I, re- I was able to reschedule something to Orlando because somebody uh, went out of that um, exam day, and an appointment became available. Now, um, other things that I wanted to mention, just to be real brief, just want to give you guys some like real quick tips on how to pass the NAPLEX. So. Or actually, before I get into that, I want to mention one more thing that I had another friend almost make a mistake. So I'm giving y'all two bonus tips today and five tips to help you pass. All right. When it comes to the NAPLEX, when you're signing up with NABP um, and you're also signing up for the NAPLEX and your ATT, your um, your ability to test, that's what that is, at your authorization to test, uh, you want to make sure everything matches your license. Everything needs to match. So your photo ID that you're going to be bringing into the exam room, if it doesn't have your middle name, your NABP profile should not have your middle name. If your NABP profile has your middle initial and your license doesn't, that's a problem. So you want to make sure that it matches 100% whenever you're signing up for all these things because you have to bring in uh, a primary ID. Now, in the past, you needed a primary ID and a secondary ID, but I believe they might have just changed this in 2023 to where you only need a primary ID so you can bring in your driver's license, a passport, things like that. But if you do need a secondary ID, things in the past that you could do is if you brought your driver's license as your primary, you could use the passport as your secondary. Or you could use an authorized um, debit card, credit card as well. Basically, they need something with your name and your signature on it. So that's really um, the type of IDs that they're looking for. And you can look it up on um, the NABP's website to see exactly what you need. But like I said, I do believe all you need now is just your primary, just your primary ID. All right. So two bonus tips. Go ahead and take a test outside of your um, jurisdiction, outside of your area, I guess I should say, in Orlando. If you stay in Orlando, don't be afraid to maybe go to Gainesville to take it. Don't be afraid to maybe go down south to West Palm to take it or even go to a different state. Keep in mind the time zone of that state where that exam will be taking place. And um, also just understand that 
it's going to be fifty dollars for you to go ahead and reschedule and trans and go ahead and do things and definitely 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 just go ahead and pay for the transfer fee up front that um the transfer fee as far as your scoring because if you don't pay for that you forget to do it within 89 days you're gonna have to retake the exam all right so let's get into five tips that i have for you guys first tip would be rehearse brand and generic know it like the back of your hand really know those top 200s because for somebody like me i didn't work in pharmacy while in pharmacy school this was something I knew I would struggle with, so I had flashcards on deck, okay? I had Quizlets going, flashcards, had a whole bunch of stuff uh, where I could just flip through at any moment's notice and really, really practice those uh, top 200 medications. So really no brand and generic and know it back and forth, from your HIV medications to your antibiotics to Parkinson's disease meds to... Uh, anything, okay, all the meds, I really want you to know it, okay, and one other thing I will say is I used the RX Prep book when I prepared for this, and I thought it was a great book, it has a lot of information in it, and it has a lot of things that are underlined and bolded, and it kind of tells you to know those things, which is basically the whole book, <laughs> so I felt like that didn't really help, but going through the exam, and also going through this, I want you to have a mindset, which will be my second tip here, to focus on generalized answers. Do not get super intricate with it, okay? Meaning, if they're gonna ask you a question about community-acquired pneumonia, it's probably gonna be one of the basic treatments for it. Or there might be an allergy to one of the basic treatments or something, and then you have to go ahead and um, maneuver that way. They're not going to ask you like the fifth or sixth line medication that you're going to give for this disease state. It's probably going to be first line or the alternative second line medication that you can give, right? Because it's generalized. It's not to, It's not a board certification exam. It's a board licensor exam. It's basically saying, do you have the basic knowledge in order to pass this? If it's diabetes, do you have the basic knowledge to understand what are some of the first-line recommended medications? In which scenario would you give a GLP-1 or an SGLT-2 inhibitor? And in which scenarios would you not want to give an SGLT-2 um, inhibitor? For example, maybe they have a long history of UTIs. So different things like that. Like you want to know the major side effects of these medications. You want to know the mechanism of action for these medications and just know the brand and generic. And there's going to be some key things that you might want to know for certain medications such as renal dose adjustments drug-drug interactions, okay, things like that. So make it very generalized and don't focus too much on those intricate details because I remember when I first was studying, I was going crazy. I was losing it because I was like, man, I don't know oncology. I don't know all these things. I, I was going super in-depth. You don't need to do that. Relax a little bit. Let's pull back. Let's think about this. It's a generalized exam. They're not going to ask me the most intricate details about oncology. So then I realized that and then I focused on, okay, let me just focus on chemo, man. Let me focus on the main drugs in this section, and let me focus on the side effects, the things that are the mandatory rules that I need to know. So I wouldn't focus too much on uh, the very intricate details. I would focus more on the generalized answers. Another key thing that I would, uh, another tip that I would recommend is to memorize the conversions, Okay. It's kind of twofold with this. Math is also important. So 
understanding the math is big, but the conversions, what I mean by that is if you have the RX prep book in the very back of the book, they have a sheet that's just full of different conversions. I'd memorize the front and back end of that sheet very, very well. It'll make your exam go very, very smooth because you could have questions about having to go from maybe one type of statin to another statin, having to go from uh, IV medication to a PO medication where the the ratio is not one-to-one, right? The conversion ratio is not one-to-one. So you want to make sure you know all these different conversions that could occur because that's an easy that's an easy answer. You, you'll know the answer quickly if you know the conversion. So that's not you knowing what's the right drug. That's you understanding the math. And so that's very important for you to understand when it comes to the NAPLEX is to memorize all these different conversions that you'll need. Another key thing with, with the NAPLEX is the math, okay? The math is a good component of the exam. So just looking briefly, um, I'm going to break down the different competencies of it. So 18% of the test will be about um, like obtaining, interpreting, or assessing data type of stuff with like a with a patient based off patient information. Pretty straightforward. 14% will be to identify drug characteristics. 35% will be focused on that developing or managing a treatment plan. So that goes to what I was telling you about understanding those drug interactions, therapeutic monitoring parameters. Um, the different goals and outcomes, first-line therapy, how long should they be on the therapy as far as duration, should it be three days, five days, seven days, things like that. The next area is calculations, which is 14% of the exam. 14%. And that's just you understanding formulas. That's just you being able to understand it. And the way you get good at the calculations is you just practice. So my key tip, write this one down if, if you can, Remember this, this is the most important part I would say right here. Practice the math first. Practice this, practice this as well as the top 200. Practice this first. Get a strong basis and foundation. I would say practice it straight for like a week. Get a really good foundation and then move on to all the clinical information. And once you move on to all the clinical information, I want you to cycle back to the math because you already built the foundation. So now you're just kind of rehearsing it. And maybe all, all you need is a week again. Maybe you need less. That's what I did, and it worked for me. That's what a lot of my colleagues did, and it worked for us. We went heavy on the math at first because we understood that if we did this, 14% of the exam has already been, that's an A. We already got, we, we got this. So that's something that I would highly recommend is really knocking out the math in the beginning and then going crunch time again at the end about a week before the exam to make sure you remember all the different formulas, how to do the math and stuff like that. It's more like a rehearsal when it comes to that last week before the exam rather than going through it for the first time. And then one other key thing to remember when it comes to the math is make sure to put in the correct units, okay? Um, I definitely made this mistake on the exam. I remember briefly, I was like, oh no, I did not put that in the right units. But luckily that happened on like question five or six. So then that reminded myself throughout the rest of the exam to make sure I convert it to the right units because you might get the answer, but they might want it in milligrams rather than grams or they might want it in micrograms rather than milligrams. So you always want to make sure that you're putting in the answer how they want it. And as far as the other areas for the test, compound and dispensing, um, different delivery systems, that's going to be 11%. And then area six would be the develop. Um, or manage practice or medication use systems, basically ensuring like safety and quality. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and that would be about 7% of the test. 
So a good chunk of it is the baseline pharmacy knowledge, which is at 35%. But then you have another good chunk with 14%, which is just on calculations. And you can nail this, okay? You can literally nail this just by going hard on the math in the beginning and then going hard again on it at the end. Now, another tip that I would recommend is, or the last tip I, sh I should say, because tip one, rehearse brain and generic. Tip two, really, really focus on that math. Tip three, memorize all those different conversions. Okay. Tip four, focus on generalized answers. Don't get too detailed with everything. Tip number five I would give to help you, especially if you're using the Rx Prep book, they give a lot of diagrams, they give a lot of information. But a lot of times, they give you the information on both sides. What I would recommend is just to know one side of the formula. So what do I mean by that? For example, they might mention what medications can be administered, um, can be given with, let's say, normal saline, and which ones can be given in dextrose. Well, if you know the ones that are given in normal saline, and if you see that question on the exam and it's not one of the ones in normal saline, then it has to be one of the ones in dextrose. So you could memorize both, or you could just memorize one. So sometimes I feel people work harder rather than work smarter. So if I know all of these medicines can only be given in NS and normal saline, then if I see that answer or I see that question on, on the exam, about which one of these should be given with dextrose, well, which one of these is not one of the ones that was in NS? Then it's probably going to be that one. So that's something that you can do, and that's something that I used a lot when I took the exam was, okay, if I don't know both sides of the coin, both sides of things, maybe I just know one side. And with that one side I know, how can I come up with the correct answer? So that's basically it. Um, those are five tips that I highly recommend to help you guys with the NAPLEX. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely take your time with this. Okay. I probably spent maybe like three to four hours a day. Um, I don't remember how long I studied in advance, maybe one to two months. I feel like I overstudied, but everybody is different. I rather overstudy than understudy because of how expensive the exam is. Um, and how it takes a while for you to have to take the exam again. Um, I believe, off the top of my head, it's a 45-day waiting period. I might have said that earlier. Um, so if I don't pass, I have to wait another 45 days. And I was doing a residency, and I had to be licensed within 90 days. So really, it was a time crunch. So I wanted to make sure I took it early, and I did the best that I could. So I'd recommend you overstudy. I recommend you go as hard as you can. And if you need additional help, please feel free to reach out to us. Okay, tinyurl.com slash services. Uh, we can do our best to help you. And looking at some of the um, stats that I saw, I believe it was in 2021, 82% of people who applied for the NAPLEX passed it on the first try. So that's great. So 82% of y'all that are listening are most likely going to go ahead and pass it. But if you feel like you need some additional help, you need some tutoring, please feel free to sign up. Or if you just want to talk about the process more, how can I have the right mindset, please feel free to message me, um, get in touch with me, and we'll do the best that we can to help you pass. And I did help, uh, I did tutor one person last part of last year's cycle, and they were able to pass on the first try. Um, so definitely, and they were kind of the ones that, that, that recommended <laughs> that I go ahead and kind of do a tutoring type service and help 
and help others. So that's how I got involved with this. Um, really just trying to help you guys get to where you want to go and get licensed as quick as possible so you can go ahead and start enjoying life as a pharmacist. So thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, you know where to find me. Um, at new underscore CapsRx podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and now on YouTube as well. Thank you and enjoy your day.